0: What's poppin', it's your girl Red Corvette, and this is the Still Blooming Podcast. Now, I know I said that I wanted to release 52 episodes this year, which is still possible, but with my capacity, I just want to be realistic with my time, with the many projects that I have, that I'm going to probably release these podcasts in season, until I find a producer That wants to help me produce the Still Blooming Podcast. With that said, I sat down with some of my creative friends that work in music, culinary, wine, and the fashion industry. We covered a whole bunch of different topics from their creative capacity where they started all the way down to relationships and their spirituality. Every week we also chat about some random facts as well as answer a question from one of the homies. So without further ado, let's get into this conversation with my R&B homeboy, Joe. And that's J-E-A-U-X. This episode is sponsored by one of my parties, A Party Called Butter, held every Sunday at Amber Oakland and now at Sally's in Brooklyn starting February 16th. Slide through with your homies or your boo to enjoy some of our favorite DJs. Once again, it's a party called butter every Sunday at Amber Lounge in Oakland and now at Sally's in Brooklyn. See you out.
1: We got Red
2: Corvette in the building. I know,
0: <laughs> <The next laughs> we got Joe out. in the building. <laughs> or The R&B Prince or King of the Bay. What you want to call it? The Prince or the King? Yeah.
2: I'll be the king of it all. I ain't even tripping.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, I'll, take my, I'll take my royalty with it, you know?
0: It's I'll lit. Um, and it's not too many R&B guys out here. So, like, I'm super, super excited to, like, sit down and have a conversation with you just about music, your creativity, R&B, your influences, and just some songs that I really <laughs> have been enjoying in the moment. Um, so many. So, we're gonna get started with just telling me about how you found yourself into the space as an entrepreneur, music creative. How did you get started? What inspired you? Um,
2: That's a couple things.
1: Shout out to my dad, my late father, Joseph Guidry, Pops out in July. So, you know, we keep his name rocking everywhere we go. That's, That's my pops got me started in it. So, growing up, like, my dad used to go to studios a lot back home in New Orleans and he was being, he was gone so much. My mom was like, Hey bro, you can't keep being gone for this long. Like it's me and my twin sister. Shout out to my twin sister, Amber K, project manager, artist manager, Ziya Bell, my other right, sister. Right,
0: right. Come my on. Twin.
1: You matter of fact, hold on. I hate saying my twin. She's my twin, but she's her own person. She's a manager. She does her thing in the industry. So I don't want to, Level her down is just my twin sister. I'm just blessed to be her twin, but shout to my, my shout to Amber <laughs> and Zali. <laughs> but our dad got it started up. He would be in the studio so much. My mom was like, hey bro, you can't keep being gone this long. After a while, he started bringing Amber and I both to the studio. So we learned studio etiquette at like two years old. We understood, and oh. like we would go to sleep. Like we would, for so much of our life, we fell asleep to music. So for years, if there was no music playing, I couldn't go to sleep. So my dad really got us started, but my twin was the first one to jump off the porch with the music. I remember in middle school, she was doing choir. I wasn't concerned with no choir. I was just being a little badass kid, like <laughs> <not>
0: getting-
1: <laughs> yes. And my cousin Terrence ended up doing, it's not my blood cousin, but my first friend. He ended up going to a choir class with my sister. He was like, hey, buddy, got some girls in here. Pull up, bro, like just pull up. Hey. I'm like, what, It's some girls I like in here, what? You know, we had that choir room looking like a strip club in middle school. I ain't gonna lie to you. I don't know how we got away with it, but we did. My curiosity led to something bigger. And so I began doing the choir in like middle school. I believe that was either, that was eighth grade, started doing choir. And I think my freshman year, my aunt, we were doing this like youth group. And my aunt was like, hey nephew, I want you to sing a solo. Now mind you, I'm just doing background. Like, you know, you got like, it's six singers. My auntie's leading, my dad's playing the keyboard. Like nephew, I want you to the whole family. You know what I mean. Like you know how church family is. You call everybody your auntie and your uncle. Growing, moving from New Orleans to Sacramento, I was forced to like create create new family because we didn't have any family. So a lot of people you hear me mention probably aren't my blood, but I have a relationship with them where it's like my blood. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I understand.
1: We end up doing that. She's like, "Come sing." I did my first solo. Mind you, my mama said I couldn't sing when I was a kid, so I was like, "I'm gonna just play drums, (laughs) find an instrument. You know, get in where I fit in." Like I listened to the pack, I would recreate beats for the pack, do beats for the rallies and stuff. When I was a kid, I'm like twelve years old, but I ended up singing, and I fell in love with it. Like I'm a worshiper at heart. Like I'm a church boy. I tell people all the time, I'm a, I'm just a church boy. I learned how to, you know, give. I got my artist development in the church. From there on, my mom heard me sing that Sunday, and she was like, "Baby, you got something." My dad already knew. He was like, "Bro, I already said it was. The only- it was the <laughs> like, I already knew what's up, bro." I began singing. And for a while, I just sang at church. like that was my thing. I was an athlete. I was a football player. So for me, I just kept playing with sports, kept staying focused on that, but I was still singing at church. For a lot of guys, they get into the the music scene to pick up girls. That was never really my thing. Like I could knock something, just mouthpiece alone. I wasn't going to be like, oh, let me sing to you. I felt like it was weird. Like As a kid, (laughs) I always felt like, that's weird. You sing to girls to get them? Why can't you just do it on the strength? So after college, ended up getting a degree. The homie brought me to the studio. I was like, I go record something. I'm like, all right started dabbling in it, fell in love with it. And I've just been off the porch ever since.
0: What, what did your dad tell you about being melodic versus just singing flat and like able to carry all parts of the song?
1: My dad always said that melody trumps lyrics. He mm. always told me that like melody trumps lyrics. Don't switch your melody to fit the lyrics, switch your lyrics to fit your melodies. And so like for us growing up as a kid, like, when we were kids, we would get to Disney movies.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We would have to get the Disney soundtrack with the movies. So, Prince of Egypt, one of the best movies to ever come out to this day, nothing's touching it. Okay. He had the Prince of Egypt soundtrack with it. So, growing up as kids, like my dad would be like, "You hear that?" So we learned how to key in on certain melodies. So, for me, my dad had taught me how to like do blanks, where I would hear a song and he would be like, "Lullaby, what you feel?" So I would just lullaby what I would feel and whatever I felt in that moment. I would record it. Cause how you feel in that moment, what you sing is really, really what you feel initially. Initially, and then I would create my lyrics to what I felt in that moment. And so, for me, like some people, I feel like a lot of people ain't really melodic these days. Keeping a hundred, like a lot of these niggas auto tune poppy, uh, <laughs> a lot of gimmicks. You know what I mean? Just because a lot of these guys just want to let me make something sound good instead of really doing vocal stacks. Brandy was our our vocal stack queen. I yeah. get big queen Brandy. And I also give a lot of respect to my twin sister because my twin, Amber, she would always, we'd have wars. BET Jams versus <laughs> BET Soul. We would fight over the thing. I'm in the the Lil Wayne. I'm a New Orleans baby, so Lil Wayne. B- yeah,
0: it's my favorite rapper, so. He,
1: I seen wait, him last wait. week
0: for the first time. Oh, I, I seen saw him last that.
1: Week. I was tight. He a long distance. I talked to Mac Main. I'm like, what's up? I know Young Money, the R&B artist, let me know something. But <laughs> Amber would be
2: no like
1: It's only All right. You. Amber, she used to be like, Well, if you listen to rap, I get to listen to my thing. So as a kid, I'm nine years old listening to Amory. just one thing. Mm-hmm.
2: Amber put me on bro.
1: <laughs> Anthony Hamilton. Huh? My dad had us on Brian McKnight, Joe, oh, so he was, he was showing.
0: Head.
2: Huh?
0: I was saying that he just was, he was putting a lot of that melodic shit in your life.
1: We had Make no sure. choice. making it sure. Him alone, like my dad would play for Kirk Franklin and Fred Hammond as a kid. Absolutely. So like, That's tight. We grew up around hearing sweet melodies. Like we mm-hmm. just knew, we just knew. Amber, Amber had like a Jasmine Sullivan type voice. So like she would play around and sing. I'd be like, dang, sis, you hella tight. Like <laughs> I want to find where I and get in. But a lot of my music influences from my dad and my sister. So us finding different melodies that we love. Jasmine Sullivan had did like a rendition of this song from Batman. And we would listen to it over and over again and find the parts that we loved. We would listen to songs and find the runs that we loved and make them our own. My dad always would say, like, find the songs that you love and practice them. And take what you like from each artist and make it your own. So my dad and my sister were big on that. A lot of my melodies now, I'll do a run and my sister will finish my run because she knows where I'm going with it. (laughs) <laughs> Same with my middle sister. My middle sister got the best vocals in the house, but she'll finish the run. So melodies, sweet my family, you gonna hear it, we all about vocal stacks. Like yeah. I'll do vocal stack poppy for so. sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so the next question I have is what has changed your approach to music since the passing of your father?
1: I just look at it I look at it so different now. I feel like a lot of my carbon footprint means more now. It's like your footprint, what you put out, means a lot more.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: I don't really have pops to be like, Dad, how you feel about this? Like, or Dad, what do you think I should add here? It's definitely different. You know what I mean? Like you kind of start to realize like anybody could die, anybody any any day anyone can go. Like mm-hmm. when you put something out that's timeless, it means more. You know what I mean? I'm taking a little bit more time and being a little bit more witty, but I'm also being a lot more I wouldn't say an asshole, but mm-hmm. I'm a lot more serious about my craft. So like, when I'm by certain people who I feel can't be, you know what I mean. Like sometimes we have people we build teams. We have people that want to be a part of things and want to. You're like, okay, you're welcome. You welcome people. But my dad dying made me realize that everybody can't go. Everybody's eye isn't on that mission, and they don't see the vision. They can't be a part of it. Get up out of here. And I feel no ways about it because at the end of the day, like I got a dream to go to, Mm got a place that I want to be. My dad ain't here no more. Because my dad isn't here, it's a different level of fire. You know what I mean? It's when you when you see your biggest fear happen in front of you, yeah. you're, at everything, you're so much more fearless. Like A lot of people lose parents, but they never see their parents' last breath. I see my dad's last breaths. My dad heard his... He, I'm probably the last voice my dad heard until they cut the thing off. I'm like this on my pops from the beginning. But I always have a saying, from the blender to the cinder, my dad was there for my first moments, and I was there for my dad's very last moments. And I, that was my worst fear, of losing my dad. So I can give a fuck whatever else happened. If you standing in my way and we trying to get somewhere, we can get you going. At the end of the day, I'm all about collaboration, but I'm a team guy. If you can't yes. have the vision that we have as a team, I don't have no problems being like, hey, I'm going to reposition you or you can go. I feel no ways about it. And if I'm going about it the wrong way, the Lord will deal with me in that moment. But right now, I face my biggest fear. I got to go get my dream. And I'm not scared to fail. So, I'm jumping off the deep end without a life jacket. Like, we all in.
0: <laughs> and that was beautifully said about collaborations versus being able to be a team player.
1: It's I think sometimes, like, music can be such an egotistic thing. Like, mm-hmm. the reason why I realize it's different with me is because I was born in it and I sworn in it. A lot of these cats hear their favorite artists and, like, I want to be like that.
0: Right. My favorite
1: artist in my family. You get know what I'm saying? My dad yeah. won to grab me at his second funeral in New Orleans. So... My idea of music and everything, this is who we are. This isn't a hobby or a, hey, I'm going to get this song so I can get this chick. Or I want to make it look like this. It's like, bro, I'm going to be doing music the rest of my life. I can work a regular nine to five and bring in six figures and still do music. This is who I am. I'm not doing this just to, to make it look good. It is good. It is what it look like. I'm not playing with people. So I think that collaboration has been lost, though. A lot of these niggas is too sassy for me. I'm gonna keep it a hundred. I grew up around <laughs> street niggas. Like the words out of my mouth. A lot of these niggas way too sassy. I'm like, bro, we R&B niggas. Like that's why I, I fuck with my nigga Laren. Shout out to Laren Wong. Mm-hmm. Solid as they come. Laren not like that, bro. Like Laren's. I was at Soul Bloom. Shout out to my cousins. My cousins are, are the ones who created Soul Bloom originally. Yeah. And Manny and Fanati. But I'm back there. I got my artist pass. You know, I don't really know too many people. I know Blast Manager Vic. But I see Laren. I talked to Laren for a little bit. We ended up finding out we got friends that played in Canada together. So me and Laren ended up locking in. But like just off the strength, Laren is who he says he is. Solid as they come. Stands on business. He's all about the art. You know what I mean? From there, I even had a conversation with Laren. He was like, "Hey, bro, watch what you put out." He's like, "What do you? You got to see what type of sound you want to do. Focus on your sound." If it was anybody else, I'm not going to listen. I'm a hard head. We have a mutual respect for each other. And I'm you an like, Aries. I'm an Aries. April 19th.
0: I'm April 7th. Come on. So you already know the game. I already
1: know. <laughs> I follow my own sword and be cool with it. I'm not tripping. Right. <laughs> but then he one of the first guys where I was like, man, bro, I never even met you before. I seen your stuff on Twitter. I'm like, okay, yeah, now all these RB niggas is sassy. <laughs> Laren is who he says he is <laughs> solid as they come. You know, solid dude. Shout out to the homie. He just dropped two. He also going on tour. So yeah. check that. But yeah, collaboration has been lost. A lot of guys don't know team sports. They don't know how to meet one person and do music. And just be friendly. A lot of people aren't friendly anymore. Like, I'm a country boy, so like anybody I collab with is almost like family to me. You know what I mean? Anybody I give a hug to, it's like I get family vibes. Like, I know when we first met each other. I'm like, hey, my
2: name's
0: Joe. I gave you a hug when I seen you. Like, hey. Yeah, it was very, very warm. So that was, I mean, that's really cool. And that's very true. I think that that is like a lost art. I think that ego is like killing people being kind in music. Like, I feel like everybody thinks that they have to be hard or they got to be a little to like tough. It always helps to be humble and nice and just be kind. To those, especially if those people are your peers. So you mentioned that you didn't get an R and V for the ladies, but you do have you, you go, you work out. You work out, you you keep up with the fitness. So I just wanted to know how important your fitness routine is and what discipline means to you when it comes to things like that.
1: Man, it's it's big for me. It's even bigger now because my dad died of a health complication. Being an athlete, going to the gym is something we've always done. So I always make sure I go three to four times a week. Always, always. It's gonna be three at the least, but okay. I to get in there every day. It's important, you know what I mean. You always want to keep your muscle mass. It's tough, like as you get older, you just don't have an appetite for shit. I don't even be hungry half the time. I'll be like, you eat today, bro. I'm you gotta
0: eat. force
1: yourself. It's two o'clock and I still gotta eat. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> but I do like intermittent fasting too. I'll fast for like fourteen to sixteen hours. And then like the last eight, I'm busting down all night, like eating whatever I want, eating the house. Because at the end of the day, like we were taught that, oh, you must have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Realistically, back in the day, we only ate one meal. Like we were hunters and gatherers, right? That one meal, you hunted mm-hmm. all day and then you had that one meal, then boom. But it also keeps the fat low. You know what I mean? Like you don't want to overwork your kidneys, your pancreas if you don't have to. You know what I mean? So I started eating later during the day. And it works for me. You know what I mean? I make sure I work out before I eat. I burn the fat. Because it's easier to burn fat when there's nothing in your stomach.
0: Right.
1: Just like how it's easier to squeeze a cup when there's no juice in it. It's the same exact way. So for me, intermittent fasting is it's big. I just look at health so much more different now. Like watching my dad struggle with his health. I remember me talking to my dad like, dad, take your vitamins. And he was like, okay, son. He was never really that type of person. And so to watch him die from something, it was just like... But I got to take that much more care of my health. Like, my dad's dad died at 46. My dad died at 54. Oh, uh, man. I'm going to be here till old age, in Jesus' name. That's how I speak, I speak yeah. to But I've been just seeing, like, in our community, when it comes to black men, we we make it from the shootings and the gang violence and just the regular statistic things that they think that we might, we can possibly get into, all for us to get old and die of something health related. I don't see a lot of white people have to deal with that type of shit. So I just kind of been thinking like, well, what are what are the white people doing that we not doing? Man, what are these Asian folks doing that we not doing? What are these other ethnicities doing that we not doing? What are their habits like? I've been just trying to take on some of their habits. Like People put, my dad worked up until he died. Sometimes we put work over our health so much.
0: Yeah.
1: We everything paid for, or we forget to go work out. Like we prioritize going out instead of going to the gym, like, I see a thousand people. Niggas don't even go to church no more. Church, I don't care what nobody say. Church is a part of, it's a part of health for me. Like, and I understand that the church, always, I'm, I'm every Sunday, I can be out on Saturday till what? Till two in the morning. If church is at eight, I'm gonna be in there. For me, that's a part of my health too. Because at the end of the day, like, we put brunch over everything. It's like, bro, if we can, niggas can make it to brunch and a party, but we can't get to, to church. We can't get to church or to a, to a gym and that's not me judging nobody because at the end of the day, it is you. So, but the discipline behind it, it's something that needs to be done. Like if you can discipline yourself to do those small things, you can discipline yourself to do anything you want. Cause you don't want to go to the gym. i will be days where i will be like, I hate it here. I'm lifting this weight. I'm not seeing no results. I feel like I'm plateauing. I keep telling myself like, it's such an honor to be able to breathe and be in here and move some weights. You better take advantage of it. So, I just look at everything so much more different. Like if we could all, what if we did gym parties, bro? Hey, we got a gym party coming up, 10 a.m, pull up on the game, it'd be lit. What if we could prioritize our health the same way? Like I remember on New Year's, we always drink on New Year's and I was like, why do we celebrate New Year's by putting something in our body that could keep us from making the next New Year's? Celebrate birthdays, but why are we celebrating in a way that could possibly keep us from seeing another birthday? And so right. there be certain times where I just be like, they like you want to drink? I'm like, I'm cool. I'm straight for right now. I'll mess with the wine. No, I'm. A, I fuck a wine. But everything <laughs> else? I'd be like, I'm straight for right now, bro. I'm straight. I try not to drink if I don't have to. So, let's just prioritizing those different things. I'm setting up something right now. Just Runyon Fit Club, where I have all my homegirls and my homeboys out here. Just pull up to Runyon Saturdays at 10 a.m. and we do a full workout. I know a lot of women they. They want their glutes and everything to look good for some time. You know what I mean? So I have a, a workout where we have an R&B playlist. It's like 45 minutes, and the workout goes with the R&B playlist. It sounds fun. It's fun. Like, it's interactive, but it's just prioritizing family, friendships, and health at the same time. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. At the end of the day, summer bodies are made in the wintertime. So, yeah. No, I know? It's forty two
0: degrees and I've been getting up and going
1: to the gym. The transition has been amazing. You know what I mean? Relationship wise, it's it's been a little tough. You know what I mean? Like sometimes like my girl's still in the sack. And you know, you out here, you out there. I already know you ain't no ugly dude, so I already <laughs> good thing we have a good relationship where there's a lot of trust, you know what I mean? You no, know they be like, my man, my man, my man. Now I'll be like, My girl, my girl, my girl, my girl. That's deep. Like I be wanting people to know, yeah, I do R and B, but at the same time, like i still in a relationship, you know what I mean? And sometimes I don't talk about it on every interview, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's important, like, I think it's okay for people to see an R&B nigga who is in a relationship or talking to somebody, you know what I mean? It's okay to have a little bit of duality there, you know what I mean? Don't get it twisted, though. The jumper's still right. Whoever I'm with, I'm with her. Out of respect, I'm not going to be shooting that. I'm good, I'm taking. I'm spoken for. <laughs> but it's been a great transition, like, we've been... Put, we've been getting down. My homeboy, he's been a stand-in for two chains, Amazon. And so okay. we've been going to all the different events like the little nice. baby event, the Stallion event. Megan Stallion is fire. Her ass is crazy
0: in person. Yeah.
1: And I say her ass like her. She's crazy in person. <laughs> like her energy is real. Really, no pun intended. Like she can really out rap a lot of these niggas. Like yeah. I will never just, I don't want to even just limit her to her. Her rapping is crazy. Like, I just sat there and I'm like, I'm so proud you blew up. Because I remember her from Twitter. I remember she had a freestyle in the building in Houston. I'm like, oh, she's going to blow up. And YouTube. Like, she's really one of them ones. Like, in her energy, she points out different people in the crowd. She's like, hey, I remember you. You were at my last show. Like, for you to have a type of memory like that where you remember certain people in your crowd is different. So, like, for me, going to those different little Amazon events, I've just been taking notes. I just been looking at it like, I ain't gonna lie, I, she's a wonderful showwoman. Like, I took so much from Megan Stallion from her one show than I have from just about any other artist until I seen Wayne. Yes. So, like, the homie, he's just, because he's two chances stand in for acting. Like, Wayne did his thing. Like, we watched the show, and then after they had like a little after party spot, like Karen Silva, everybody was there. We were just sitting down. I don't really do hookah. So, like, but we bought a hookah thing. We just chopping it up with everybody. Wayne is, I didn't even know, like, where's Wayne at? Wayne up there doing a music video with, with, uh, with two chains. But they end up coming down, you know what I mean. And he waved and said, what's up to everybody, but it was it was dope to see. Like, I remember being a kid and watching Lil Wayne when I was in New Orleans as a kid. And remember us like all putting the, the silver teeth around our mouth, us growing afros out, wearing our bandanas to be just like Lil Wayne. And so like to see him go, it's crazy, mac I told Mac-Man to his face, I said, bro, I'm from the city. I remember when it started. Like, mm. I'm 29 now, like, I remember this. I'm so proud of what y'all have done. I said, because you guys, I'm I'm an extension of y'all. For real, for real. Because of you guys doing what y'all did, y'all showed me that I could make it too. And me seeing y'all and me moving out here, just like the icing on the cake for me, it's just pushing me that much more to get in those situations where you're like, okay, that's the R&B cat from Louisiana. I like him you know what right. i mean so
0: yeah it's,
1: it's been dope though i love it out here yeah i've learned so much in a in a quick time i learned that there's la and there's hollywood learning the difference yes. between that learning the difference between that two is gonna get you a, a long way for real for real hollywood it's
0: is really, fake the LA yeah. is. it's seeming like you getting to to it versus like like just having the right connections like moving all the fluff out the way because that's where you get caught up in that Hollywood versus LA type thing so
1: it's for sure that it's a lot of fluff though like I'll be kind of paying attention God has given me a blessing of being, being able to discern a lot of fluff and sometimes like people assume that because you're in this industry you got to be outside you do got to be outside but you have to be outside with a purpose so for me like I love people in general I treat the janitor, like the CEO, like every morning we wake up, we see the people cleaning. I'm, good morning, Apolita. Oh, good morning, Mio. I love those moments. Being able to just be the person who really loves people. The connection is almost effortless because it's not really, I'm not seeing what you could do for them. Because at the end of the day, you have no power to give or take away what God's already given. You know what I mean? I think sometimes when we become artists, we put so much faith in man to give you an opportunity where we're like, shit, God created it all, bro. God got for me. He got for me. They can't give it or take it away. So... I'm there's no pressure when I'm out, you know what I mean. So, but we've been getting to it for sure.
0: The wind down. Off the top of my head, what are five things that you must do when you hit New Orleans?
1: It's so hard when people ask this because I go home. Like
0: if your homeboys came in town and they asked you, "What should I do? Where should I go?" You would give them get. Give
1: me a couple of things. I got five right now. Swamp tour. Hit a swamp tour. It's the funnest thing on the planet. A lot of people were scared of alligators. I'm not really afraid of them. I found one when I was a kid. The swamp tours. You got to find a crawfish spot. Not one of these rest- I'm not a big fan of restaurants at home. Like Just because you can pay top dollar for a restaurant, but you can go to somebody's grandma's house and get the food.
0: It's just even good
1: better. Spot. So... I suggest you find a little mom and pop spot that sells crawfish. Go hit the crawfish. Mm-hmm. I suggest hitting Jackson Square. You can see like the little him on his little horse. You see the different plantations, do a plantation tour. And look at the cathedrals. The cathedrals in the city are beautiful. Like I remember being a kid, seeing the cathedrals and looking at the art. Buildings are so massive, but you have, there's art all the way up top. I'm like, how did they get the art up there? The cathedrals are beautiful. Last but not least, Cafe Du Monde. Everybody loves a good beignet, like Cafe Du Monde. Like that's now, I should Is go- Is that the
0: best beignet place? Cause I heard there's more. I just don't know where to go. Nobody has gave me no other suggestions.
1: So as a kid, my grandmother used to take us to Cafe Du Monde. So okay. um, I go to like the spots, that I remember my grandmother taking me as a kid, like Cafe Du Monde. come on. Boop, we there. I can not drink coffee as a kid, but I remember them, powder, them powdered donuts. But <laughs> fire, like I'm going for the what else? That'd be the best thing, like the food. Like you can hit the French quarter and you gonna have like a bunch of spots, right? And then those spots are gonna have these hand grenades, it's like almost like Vegas. The hand grenades okay. fire. They
0: one of them done. Let's <laughs> listen to soul food. So what are your top soul food dishes?
1: The Holy Trinity. I always need my Greens, my mac and my yams. <laughs> I like them to touch Yo, together.
0: Greens, beans, <laughs> look.
1: I need them all together. Like, I do you mix them.
0: them together, or you just I
1: will put them on the same plate. Like, I'm not gonna. This is my green. Like, I'm just gonna throw it on there, and if they touch, they touch. Like, and my wow. green okay. So
0: a- you don't mind your food touching?
1: I do not. I do <laughs> not. That's like three of my favorite soul food things, but I love. Seafood stuffing, seafood or seafood dressing—it's the same thing. Like that's my go-to. Like when we go home, they'll make a seafood dressing. They'll have crawfish and shrimp in it. Fire! That's like one of my go-tos. For some reason, I'm not a big fried chicken guy. As a kid,
2: I loved fried chicken. I
0: don't like I
2: don't like chicken like like that.
0: So (laughs) I loved fried chicken as a kid, and as an adult, I just be like, maybe they don't make it good over here. Like I feel like everything is more. Seasoned in
1: the wild, the Asians be killing the fried chicken game. I ain't gonna lie to you, the
0: Asians- at the corner store.
2: <laughs> what they like? Same thing. Like, oh God, you
1: know what I want? Auntie. Like the Asian fried chicken spots be bombed. Like, so I can't Jolly B, Bonchon. I mess with them, but the fifth one, that's crazy. What is my like protein that I love from Soul Food? Everyone says oxtails. I feel like the world is oxtailed out, so I'm not going that route. I'm like, I'm more of a fried shrimp guy and fried catfish. Like. So I love me some fried catfish. Like that's one of my ones. Like Soul Food, I'm definitely gonna have my greens. I'm gonna have my macaroni and cheese. I'm gonna have my yams. I'm definitely gonna go the fried shrimp and the fried catfish. Like that's my go to every time. Every time.
0: <laughs> every time. Okay. And what then you? The, what about you? Me, soul food, first of all, I'm not a soul food girl, but okay. I love macaroni and cheese and gravy. I like my macaroni and cheese and have the gravy on top. Okay. I like my mom's greens. But like I love oxtails, but my favorite protein also is, is catfish or anything smothered. And then for dessert, because I like dessert, then I'm going to include that. I like sweet potato cake. Ever since I went to It's All Good Bakery in Oakland, yeah. I've been on this sweet potato cake and... Another bonus is ice bo- like lemon icebox pie.
2: Ooh. I so, love
0: me some good I love me a good tart with some homemade whip whipped cream. So I didn't know we
1: could add desserts now. See now yeah. you're gonna I I mean, gotta-
0: I don't eat soul food. that, so I don't really have too many things that I'm gonna eat. It's my I I too have family health issues, so I too have never really I call it thick food. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like cornbread too, so
1: Man, you know it's crazy. When it comes to cornbread, I'm really picky on it. I'm not forced. I want I gotta make it from scratch. It's gotta be moist. I'm not really like the most. If it's the cornbread is there, I'm not tripping off it not being there. I'm not. Right. Tripping, I'm not pressed for it. You feel You're me? Not but pleased. me, my aunt in New Orleans. Shout out to my. She's like my aunt, but my cousin. Shout out to my cousin B. She made this cake for my dad, as or for my dad's funeral. It's a cream cheese. It's pecan. It's a pecan pound cake with cream cheese and pecan dog. Pound cake. Pecan what? pound cake. Cream cheese.
0: Looking up recipes and stuff because I'm gonna have to try.
1: To make one cream out. cheese pecan pound cake. I was my mm-hmm. first time having it. She was like, she hit me. She said, "They call me Trey." She was like, "Trey, baby, look what I got for you." I said, "What you got?" She said, "Huh?" She said, "Don't sit. Don't tell nobody, baby. I made you." <laughs> Well,
0: she made it just for you.
1: I made you one, my baby. I got one hidden right over there. You heard me? I said, thank you, because I appreciate you. Boom. Smack that one. My grandmother makes a Milky Way cake.
0: What's a Milky Way cake? Uh,
1: think German chocolate with a Milky Way coconut frosting. Fire. 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 Think about it. So That's you have- so good. My grandmother, the goat. She, My grandmother freezes everything. She freezes everything. She might not have made a German chocolate cake for six months. Would you check that freezer? It's in there. We do it every time. She's like, baby, I got a German chocolate cake in there. I said, where are you at? Would you check the freezer? (laughs) I go and put that thing in the oven. That thing thing brand new again, like the first day she made it. (laughs) So that's my, my five or seven
0: you five find soulful things, and then the last one. I'm all I, because I'm so. It, the reason why I, I brought up relational things is because I feel like as a creative, a lot of people just don't talk about it. Or mm. like I said, I don't understand why an R&B singer that's singing about love and creating songs based off of either your love or love from whatever you know you experience, or if you're writing a song about somebody else's love. I don't understand why people shouldn't be in love in the public. I wanted to know what are some ways that you feel love that aren't sexual?
1: Yeah, man. Easy. I think a lot. I'm probably one of the few men where it's weird. Like, when we think about love, like, as men, we visual. So we all sexed out. We be sexed out all the time. It's the little things. So when my dad was sick, I had caught COVID. And my girl was like, babe, just come to the spot. I'm like, I got COVID. She was like, but your dad got cancer. And I was like, well, what if you catch it? She said. I'd rather catch COVID than your dad have cancer and COVID. She said, I'll take my losses. Come on, baby. This new person that I've been with for like the last six months show me love unconditionally. I haven't been having sleeping problems. I would wake up, and for some reason, she would know I'd be up, and she would just grab me and, like, just put her arm around me and just say, I'm right here. I would be crying in the middle of the night. She wouldn't know I'm crying. Like, she wouldn't even know, like, because I don't cry with the... (laughs) I just tears just fall. Yeah. She would just give me a hug out of nowhere, not knowing I needed it. It's 2 a.m. It's just one of those things. Patience. She just loves me for me. You know what I mean? Even me being an artist, like my girl just loves me for me. Like me moving. She helped me with my bed stuff. Like, all right, I got this idea for a bed. Like you can do this, you can do that. I was like, well,
2: what about LED? She's like, you grown. You need no damn LED young. <laughs> she keeps it real too. <laughs> No damn LED. I'm
1: like the LED. Best little thing is like calls me in her lunch. She makes time for me. Like makes me feel like I'm a part of her life. And I love that shit. Yeah,
0: that's beautiful. I like
1: that she eats my food. I was at a tech job, so I work from home. She had a job where she had to go. I don't care when roles switch up, step back. I cooked you some got food for you the whole night. You don't even trip. I just did some baked salmon with a garlic sauce for you. I got some sweet potatoes cut up for you. I seasoned them the way you like them. I got some sauteed spinach and mushrooms. We on deck. We good. Like, she's so loving. She's not a critic. And so she'll eat my food and make it seem like it's the best thing in the world. And i ask her, babe, was it too salty? Could I add this? She'll like, nah, no, it's perfect. Now, when it's bad, she'll let me know. You probably added too much here. But it's the way she includes me, the way she makes me feel loved whenever she's eating my food where I'm oh, yeah, I got something. But like, those little things made me feel so loved. Even when it comes to my music and I'm writing, she's like, yeah, that's that shit. She right there in the process, you know what I mean. She just loves me in multiple ways that I didn't think I needed.
0: You know what I yeah. mean. You
1: think that you need this type of love, and then you get it, and you realize, no, this is really what I needed. Someone that said it's okay, babe. Like people forget, like sometimes as men, we need affirming too, right? I have some traumas that I grew up with that I didn't really know.
0: On the, the next segment is on the hotline where I have some people that. Called in and gave Hi. me some and asked a question. What's up, it's Drew Banga. <clears throat> so my question will be like, what is your creative process when it comes to you creating a song? Like, is there a certain list of things that you go through? Is there a topic that you come from? Is there a book that you read? Like, what is like the ideal creative process for you, Drew? <laughs>
1: Johnson, the hardest tag in the league. I have a beautiful creative process, honestly. I go by beats. I hear the instrumentation. Or if I'm, that's starting if I'm in the studio. If I'm in the studio with the people, I love chords. I will sit there and not say shit. Be in my little hoodie, post it. And I just close my eyes. I kind of like the rest in the music. But once I feel it, it's a feeling thing for me. I go off of what my heart speaks on. I feel that pull. I actually like, hey grab that I have them loaded and then from there I'll get my headphones and i start to just do the little the la la las so like for example
2: it was a beat. <laughs> <laughs>
1: They'll record that for like two or three minutes. Now, mind you, I ain't said a damn thing <laughs> in, at all, but it sounds kind of pretty, right? Yeah, from there, From there, I'll sit there and I'm like, okay, how do I feel? And sometimes when them num num nines, I might say a word that might spring up and there you go. I'm just, I start writing. Nine times out of 10, like, I always end up figuring out my pre-hook and my hook first. After I go from the melodies, I let the melody down. I look at, okay, what is the most catchy part of everything I laid down? Does it sound like a pre-hook or a hook? And nine times out of ten, I'll be like, that's a hook. When I think it's the hook, I make it my pre-hook. So i write the pre-hook, then I'll go back in and do something again that's even catchier, and I'm like, hey, that's my hook. And so most of the time, I get my vision for the song based off my pre-hook, and then I write my hook based off what I wrote, what I said in my pre-hook. It's kind of weird. It's like ask backwards a little bit. But it works for me. For example, Soul Food.
2: Yeah, I wrote, Out of all that I've ever loved, I feel right at home with you. But you, feels like holidays, when it's really the first of June. I'm like, hmm,
1: what would be dope about that? Out of all the things I ever loved. I started thinking about that song.
2: These are a few of my favorite things. You're my collard greens, candy yams, yeah, sweet potato pie. I'm like, ooh, love that. You know, niggas love Cocoa Butter. You're my Cocoa Butter natural hair. And we love a church that ends on time. Church that ends on time. Girl, you're the perfect lover. An even better friend than me. And baby, it's just food for thought. Girl, you're my soul food. I'm like, okay,
1: that's the hook. Boom. But I wrote it based off of what I did in my pre-hook. And so once I get that stuff down, that's when I go to,
2: it's the new blues for Nina. I can be you, my, you can be my Gina. I saw love once with this new arena. And then that's a song. But then you have moments where, like, Only, for example, Only was my favorite to write because I was in the car. And I was like, put your tongue on my tongue and speak the same language. From there, I was like, ooh, that's a bar, nigga. I'm like, ooh. I'm like, what else is go to like I like
0: that song, too.
2: I'm like. Come star in this movie. I can make you famous. I'm like, okay, maybe you might, you might have something. I'm like, kissing on your neck as you take off your necklace. I'm like, bro, what can I do? I'm like, now the only thing we got on, baby, is this Netflix. I said, well, shit,
0: we got what there, boss. We got what there, boss.
2: <laughs> like,
0: there's the song.
1: Boom, like, and that's based off a la 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 lullaby that I made with the thing. So everything just has, for me, it's like, I start with the melody, from there, from the melody, I write the words to my melody. So you pick your beat, you find a melody that speaks to you, and then you write words. For me, music is spiritual, and so understanding that things are spiritual, it it gives me easy melodies to do. Like, I'll say it live, like, because there's going to be people that's going to see this, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm the best R&B nigga on this coast. I can play keys and I can sing. Like, a lot of these niggas not from California. I mean, I've been here since I was nine, but can't nobody fuck with me. Can't nobody do what we're doing. And I say that respectfully, but I think it does need to be said, like, y'all got to start res- putting respect on it. Like, we have a lot of R&B artists where we're from that can do it. Yeah. But it's time for us to get our, get our, get our, get it up. Kenyon Dixon, big bro. My
0: mm-hmm. favorite
1: artist to death. Like yeah. So far.
0: Real I was solid. Closer the other day. And is- I love- he oh. have he got some of my favorite artists. He had Tiffany Hushay on there. and that's that's She's amazing. Crazy. I love Crazy. Tiffany.
1: That's like he's to me. He he don't even realize it, He's been like a mentor for me. Like I've been listening to him since like twenty sixteen. So mm-hmm. like I've tapped him with bro multiple times. Like that's to me. He's like a mentor because I watch what he does. I call him like hey bro. Like what you think about this? Like how do you do these vocal stacks? And he takes time. He don't even know me from John. But bro took time to say, "Hey, you can do this, you can do that, you can do this." So like, if I give anyone their flowers of the, ground. I think he's the greatest on this coast. I think I'm the best up and coming to get on the thing, but he's the greatest for sure, the greatest, like the he's greatest, going crazy, yeah, the I greatest,
0: and what he offers. They gotta give
1: him his flowers, like they gotta give him his flowers, and the way he they,
0: they are. I mean, I'm hoping that people are like the tour was looked like it was lit, like lit. And you say you like people that can sing live. I'm assuming he can sing like how he is in the studio.
1: When I tell you the way this nigga does it live, I said, let me go back to the drum, board. <laughs> that, hold on. That man really is a gift. He really has a gift. And people, people gifts and talents are two different things. Yeah. People forget that. Because you can work on your talent. But, that man really has a gift. The way he's able to hit certain notes, but then jump back into his audience, like, hey, y'all, sing this with me. Like, that's a gift to be able to connect with people and take your time to say, hey, man, like, look, we can do this, we can do that. The way he taps in with his, his fans, like, his kinfolk, as he says, like, that's a real gift because you have people who are super talented, but don't have the gift to connect. Man, when I tell you, like, hats off to bro, I'm grateful. I'm, a, I'm kinfolk. Like, I'm a big fan.
0: What
1: do you do to show yourself love daily? Hi Zaya. I know that voice. I take my vitamins every morning. That's self love.
0: That is.
1: I wake up and it's one of the first things I do after praying, and I always go to the gym. Let me—I'm mention something I haven't. I love drive. I love driving. Mm-hmm. I'm like, like a sunset like
2: catcher. Okay. Yeah, I
1: like, I like sunsets and stuff like this. I make it a thing to go outside for a bit and try to have self talk. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I really sit there and deal with myself. Hey, you're thinking like this today when you should really be thinking like this. Mm-hmm. I take a moment. This is just to be with myself. I think some people are actually scared to be with themselves because at that yeah. moment you really got to face. You got to face some shit. And so, mm-hmm. my self love is really just me having a moment. where I go away from everybody and everything, and I just talk to myself. I can really just tap in. How are you feeling today? You feel like crying today? Is yeah. that how you really feel? Hey, take a moment and cry. And I think sometimes as men, we have these moments where it's like, I'm the hardest out, I'm out the box. Instead of saying, you're just sad and you don't know how to deal with it. I take that moment, I go by myself. I'm like, all right, what are you feeling right now? And I talk to God and I let my tears fall. You know what I mean? That's a
0: hard-ass conversation to have. it's,
1: It's hard. How do you tell yourself that you're doing okay? But shit's not falling in your lap like you want it to do. You know what I mean? Like,
0: how yeah. do you say, hey,
1: you need to give more effort. When well, you feel like you're giving enough effort, when you're like, nah, you can give a little bit more here. It's those little moments where I just have to sit down and really release. Hey, just cry, bro. Mm. You got some tears that you got to get off. You know you. See, I'm the one that used to punch through walls and shit growing up. Like, I was oh, the, <laughs> oh, I'm the punch through wall type of shit. Or I'm going to go outside. Okay, bet. I'm going to turn this motherfucker up. Like, There'll moments where you probably see me fighting outside the club, some shit growing up, getting to the security guard, awesome, like, bro, what's up? Like, just dumb shit. When in reality, like I'm overly aggressive because I'm really hurting. And I don't know how to express it. As men, we were taught, like, you feel away, go get on you. And in our reality it just led to more problems. Cause at that moment I'm just dealing with them and not really dealing with me. And so I started learning how to like just Take time with myself. Like, what are you feeling? What are you really feeling? Like, how do you really feel? Checking in with myself. And so, if I can talk to anybody on here as a man, bro, like, don't be afraid to check in with yourself. Your tears, day. Them tears that you feel, bro. It's a, it's a real, it's a reason why you feel. You gotta release them. Like that whole "nah, I don't cry" type shit. Second shit. We all cry. <laughs> we all cry. You ain't gotta cry in front of people. Like, I'm not gonna do that. It's not my thing either. But. It's okay to get by yourself and cry. Because at the end of the day, like, that shit stores in your stomach and your stomach be fucked up. My stomach just now getting a little bit better because mm-hmm. I wasn't crying a lot. But it's okay to cry. It's okay to cry, bro. It don't make you less of a man to feel like you got emotions. You have emotions. They're here for a reason. You don't just got one. You don't just got one. So for me, taking those moments to cry and talk to God and just be like, Lord, like oh you to me fucked up.
0: <laughs> it's your relationship.
1: Yeah, like, and I say, Lord, I I say that with no disrespect, because I know you love me twenty times more than my dad loved me, and he loved me, but for you to take him like you took him, you got me bent. Mm-hmm. But then, even then, the Lord talks back and he says, "Son, you have to remember, my ways are not your ways. Mm-hmm. It's all a part of my plan. You could have him here and he'd be sick, right?" I said earlier. I said, "Man, this is my first Thanksgiving without you." I was mad. I'm like, "I'm be bent." I right, was watering this morning. And I said, it's your first Thanksgiving without him. But it's, it's his first Thanksgiving with his dad in a long time. I had to, like, take my moment back and just be like, okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, it would be tough. Because dealing with yourself, you have to, like, when you sit down with yourself, you have to check yourself, too. And God will check you. He'll Quick, check you if you listen. Yeah. Quick. Quick. <laughs> Quick.
0: He won't punish you, but he
1: will discipline you. Every time. So, like, I think in a way, like, me and God got a lot closer, like, every time I go to the gym, I have a moment where I just check in, and I just say, Lord, save me from myself. Save me from my decision-making. Save me from the things I think are right for me, and replace them with the things you think are right for me. And sometimes that requires me crying and really, really having a conversation and... And talk to God. A lot of these niggas don't have no relationship with God. And that's why these niggas going through hell. And I still don't feel nothing. So the reason why people feel stuff when they hear my music is because there's a spirit. There's, I believe in God. God, me and God will really have real conversations, good conversations, bad conversations. The day my dad died, I was taking a shower on the way to the hospital. I said, Lord, no matter what happens today, if you choose not to keep him here, I will not let this affect my relationship with you. I will not let my dad's death in my heart towards you, no matter what. You know how mm-hmm. you you got to really understand God to really say something like that. You and do, because so, I don't think
0: I don't know if I got. To it's You giving tough. me some. You giving me something. I think about it often, but like, damn. It's it's tough. It's not
1: easy. But at the yeah. same time, like my dad's attitude towards everything was like either way I win. So for a man to be on his deathbed and say it's a win win situation. Like, who am I to be upset? I'll have my moments where I'm upset, but I'll take a step back and talk to God. And I think the best thing, falling in love with Jesus was the best thing I ever did, best thing I ever did. And losing my dad was the worst thing I've ever had to, be, have ever had to go through. But I looked at it like this, who better than me to deal with that? Because that could have fell on somebody else who couldn't deal with it and they probably would have killed themselves. But God knows that I have such a relationship with God. He said, I know I can put this in on your plate on your way, and you still gonna serve me. You still gonna rock. And here I am, still serving God, still He's doing my art, still rock, still gonna rock. So, to whoever's out there going through something, like put your faith in God. Like stop believing all this other stuff on your TikToks and your social media. The way the devil not the devil been here for two thousand plus years. He's smart boy how he do business. So he know how to get you. Go back to the foundation, the fundamentals of things. Start so remember what your grandma and them taught you. Cause nine times out of ten, we still hear cause our grandmother's prayers. Don't neglect what your grandma prayed for. So I gonna do too much.
0: <laughs> so I hope that you enjoyed the conversation that I had with my homie Joe. I hope that you learned something, you took something away from it, and you're inspired by these conversations. You can follow him at underscore it's J E A U X. Stay tuned for next episodes with my homegirl, Anissa Strings. To support this podcast, you can either donate with the donation link in the bio, but I also need for you to like, subscribe, and download the Still Woman podcast. Until next week.